soldering. That, that bad right there has like 40 solders almost to get those lights going. And me and Alex sitting, uh, soldering, uh, Vicky and Steve were doing a few things and um, I, I had it in my one hand, the solder gun, I went switch it and just right there got myself good. Grabbed on the whole solder gun, so whew, I told Alex he's doing it all next time. So, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, we're starting a new series called uh, Your Part in Prophecy. And like Pastor Neil said, we're specifically talking about the waterfall today, the prophecy that was on this church about the waterfall. And so as we go through the next three weeks and today on the series Your Part in Prophecy, I want you just to think about that. What is my part in that prophecy, in the waterfall, in the, the Holy Spirit, in being the light as a lighthouse is in a harbor? So I'm just going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for today, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that you're going to re reveal to us our part in prophecy, Father, and our, our part in refreshing the county, our part in bringing the Spirit to the county, our part in being the light to the county and to the surrounding regions, Lord. And just, Lord, as throughout, we, throughout the week, just let that burn on our hearts. What's our part in prophecy? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, prophecy... Are, is God's way giving us something. He expects us to do something with it, like the parable of the talents, to just receive something from God, like a prophecy, and then go bury it equals a wicked servant. We have to pay the price, take the risk at times, to bring that prophecy into existence, or we will lose it. The quickest way to lose what we've been giving is to take a defensive posture when we maintain what has what have instead of working to increase. That's hard to read that sometimes. As Pastor Brenda, she's like, hey, will you say this one? She's always trying to get in the message somehow. Like last time I preached, she, we had a video. Now she's like, read this, which is awesome. So I read, I love that. But our part in prophecy, I'm just going to read to you the prophecy. There's been multiple ones on the waterfall, but here was the main one that was given from this church and visions have been seen. So here it is. It's, it's been prophesied that rivers of refreshing water will flow from this altar to the county and the surrounding regions. And what has been seen is a waterfall from the back here, from right here, and then all of a sudden just water is flowing from here out the doors into the surrounding counties. So today I just want to touch on our part in that and how, that, how we can apply that to our lives. So just, just keep that in mind. If, the, if that's the only thing you take note of, if you take notes, or if that's the only thing you can remember, is what is my part in this prophecy? What's my part in being refreshing to the county? Because each one of us has an influence. We're influencers in our lives to someone. Whether it's be friends, family, um, your neighbors, we all have influence. And our job is to be a refresh, refreshing to the people that we come and encounter. So, um, in order to, be, to bring refreshing waters from this altar to the county and our surrounding regions, we need to first be refreshed. I know uh, at times when, uh, I'm fortunate now because I've come full-time here at Cornerstone as the youth pastor, but... There's been times when I was working at factories and stuff and lawn care and stuff and I'd come home exhausted 
Anybody ever come home after work exhausted? And the first thing, for me at least, some people, like Josie, my wife, she, in order for her to relax, she has to have the house clean. For me, I can lay on the mess and fall asleep easily, no problem. Plate of pizzas there, no problem. Usually there's no pizza because the dogs have already eaten it, but, but no problem for me. And what happens sometimes is, so I'll get, uh, I'll get burned out, and then all of a sudden... Um, uh, I'll just read it. I first started work, working out. I want, oh gosh, sorry guys. Here it is, wrong one. I have a whole bunch here. I told Josie today, I'm like, man, I got a lot of notes today. I got, if I'm only going to do this in 30 minutes, I got to get going. It doesn't, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes it happens. I actually skip a lot of notes for you guys. In relationships, when you come home after a long day of work, you can find yourself wanting to rest and be served because you have worked all day. And what I have found out that the, it causes stress when that happens, when you want to come home because you're burnt out after a long day. And for me, I like to sit down on that couch and if, if Josie's home, I love when she brings me something to drink. I love when she cooks dinner, right? But that can cause stress sometimes because I'm burned out. I'm not being a refreshment. Sometimes we get like that... Uh, to other people. We're burned out throughout the week. We're not refreshed, so we can't be a refreshment to others. And that happens in relationships a lot. I hope you guys were able to follow that tagline. Because I, I'll come home burned out, and instead of, because in a marriage, you're supposed to be a, a refreshment to your wife. You're supposed to be partners, but instead we get burned out, just like in the church. Sometimes we get burned out. We're burned out because we've been not in our Bibles all week. We haven't been prayer. We haven't been... Um, hanging out with other people who are in the faith, like the Bible says, to build up our faith as iron sharpens iron. So we get burned down. We come to church unrefreshed. When, in fact, we should be coming to church as a refreshment. So, so the first point tonight, today I would like to make is we need to be refreshed to be a refreshing to others. I think we get in this attitude when we come to church that I come to church because I'm going to hear good worship or today's communion. I love how the bread tastes. Or I've been, I've been eating communion. Or, the, or, or um, Pastor Neil's preaching, so I'm definitely not going to miss the message. Right? And I'm going to get something out of it. And sometimes that's what we long for, though. Like throughout the whole week, we, we skip our devotions or we skip our prayer time with God and we come to church burned out. And instead of being, ref being refreshed, just imagine if you came to church, I know you guys are all good at this, but sometimes, you know, I'll miss out on some devotion some days because life gets busy, you get busy, right? And you, and you come expecting that church to get refreshed. But can you imagine how powerful it would be if each one of us here in the church was already fresh and came with the mindset of what can I give rather than what can I receive? I mean, we're going to receive something, but it's better, you always hear it's better to give than re to receive, right? There's multiple more blessings you find in the, in the Bible when you give rather than just receiving. Just think about that. Imagine how powerful the church could be if we kept up our devotions, if we kept refreshed and we came into the church and as we walked out of these four walls and served the community if we were refreshed. But unfortunately, we come into the church expecting to get, always. 
Um, at work, when I used to work at the factory, uh, there's, a, there's many names for God in the Greek and Hebrew, and one of the words is Adonai. Have you guys ever heard Adonai, the word Adonai? I always would say, uh, this is one way. It worked, too. I got a few friends to come. But I'm like, hey, dude, you want? I, I've, I've had my double dose of Adonai today. Would you like to come to church with me? I'll give you some Adonai if you come to church. So some of you guys, what you need to do throughout the week is you need to get your double dose of Adonai, your double dose of God, your, double, your triple dose. And some of you guys haven't taken your... Adonai medication throughout the week. So today, so for that first point, in order to be refreshed, you're, you need Adonai. You need God. You need um, to get into your devotions, your daily devotions. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 25, it says, and this is uh, God speaking to J- Jeremiah, I will refresh the weary, weary and satisfy the faint. God said, I will. He didn't say the church would. Now, the, the church will, and we'll get to that later, but the fir- in order to be a refreshing to a, the, our friends, our family, and our county, we first need to get in the face of God and let God refresh us. Um, I'm going to be reading a lot of NIV today, so if you guys want to turn, it's up to you. If not, just listen. Psalms, or Psalms chapter 19, verse 7 through 14 we're going to read. So Psalms 19, 7 through 14. I love this scripture verse because this tells you what happens when you decide to take some Adonai, spend some time with God, get your face in front of God every day. This is what happens. It says, and, this, and David writes this, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The, the status of the Lord are trustworthy. Make wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. Give joy to the heart. Here's my favorite part in the scripture verse. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light, and light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The, the decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweet than, sweeter than honey and, then, and sweeter than honeycomb. By them your servants is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servants also from willful sin. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I just want to look at that part that says, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure. You ever notice, or I've heard multiple stories, and you might have noticed sometimes too this happened, is that people, you'll hear these stories that um, they'll be going in the stores and people just notice a glow about them or notice something different about them. You ever like, hey, that's never happened to me. Don't raise your hand because you're going to hit yourself on the head after this. It's because maybe you haven't been spending enough time in the word. The, scripture says the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light into your eyes. 
So if, if you want to be a light, if you want to be refreshing to others, if you want that glow about you that you hear multiple times, I know back in the day you'd hear it all the time, that people, had such, people would go into gas stations and they'll have a glow about them, or they'll be going through the mall and they'll have a glow about them. It's because they put their face into the Word and they um, got in front of God and spent time with God to be refreshed so that they could be a refreshing to others. So if you want that special swag or glow about yourself, I work with you, so I'm going to use some youth. And there's some youth in here. So if you want that special swag or glow about you, you've got, you got to get your face in the Word of God. Um, 1 Corinthians 9.27 I discipline, this is Paul, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. See, well, the problem is we lack discipline sometimes. You ever want, like you hear, think of your favorite preacher, your favorite speaker, like for some of mine is Pastor Brennan, Pastor Neil, brownie points, Pastor Brennan when you listen to this, <laughs> Pastor Dave Williams, right? You ever wonder how they got such insight or, um, I'm trying to think of some really big names, Stephen Furtrick is one of my favorites, uh, name a couple, Bill Johnson, D- Dr. Leon, Kenneth Copeland. You ever wonder, like, well, man, they have such great insight. I, want, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could be as smart as them. You know what's the only difference from them and you? Is they discipline themselves and get in front of God and, get in, and building that relationship with God. That's the only difference. Think about that. The only difference from you and the, the person that you admire is the discipline life that they were willing to take up and get into the Word, the willing to pray and to get refreshed. That's the only difference. Not that they have a bigger brain or they've been on the earth a little bit longer, but they discipline themselves to be in the Word. Um, Proverbs 25, verse 28, it says, A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Think about that. If you lack discipline, think about it. If you have areas in your life, now I know the enemy attacks us and there's those, but if you feel like everything's just always falling apart in your life or it's always going wrong, maybe it's because you lack discipline. Like Proverbs 25, 20, I'm going to read again. A person without self-control is like a city with, like a city with broken down walls. We lack discipline. Hebrews 12, 11 through 13, it says, No discipline is enjoyable. While it, it is happening, it's painful. While it is happening, it's painful, isn't it? I mean, I know sometimes it is hard to open up the Bible sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it a lot of times. But there's times when you just don't feel like it. Just me. I wake up in the morning sometimes and I'm like, oh, Lord, let me go back to sleep, please. I need another couple minutes. Discipline is hard. But while it's happening... It's painful, but afterwards there will be peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become stronger. That's kind of cool. When you, when you self-discipline yourself, you're refreshing yourself, right? Because you're in the Word of God. And the people, the people that you're influencing, they're watching that. Did you guys catch it at the, at the end of that? It says, 
Mark out the straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. So if you want the people in your family that, you, that are weak or, or they're struggling all the times, maybe if you discipline your life and they're watching you, they're going to be refreshed as well. I did a, uh, I think I posted it. You've seen it, Shannon, when I posted it. I love, I love uh, doing, uh, studying weird things. <clears throat> and one of the things, uh, I studied it a long time ago. I just needed a, a little bit of refresher, and I found this video. So if you guys follow me on Facebook, just go on my feed, and you'll see the video. It's super cool, but it's, it's on um, your brain and neural pathways and how they work, <clears throat> work and stuff. Because what science has found like the best way to create a habit or discipline yourself in something is in those moments when you really don't want to do it. If you do it, then you're creating a neural pathway that's engraving that it'll be easier the next time you do it. Yeah. So like I've I've noticed like when working out, I love to work out and stuff. And um, and we finally got a house. So I got my because I had a lot of weight equipment. So. We bought a house, and now in the back of my garage, I told Josie we're going to put up a wall because we got a pretty long garage, and we're going to turn it into a weight room. <clears throat> but there was times I had to, I didn't always like working out. I mean, I, lo- I wanted the results. I wanted the body of, the, you know, of how people work out and stuff. And you guys are like, you, got, you don't have quite the body. Not yet. I'm still working on it, guys. But still, I'm disciplining myself. But... Uh, it wasn't, I didn't always want to work out, but in those, I, what I found out in the study, and I learned this, and that's why I applied it, is that in those moments when I really didn't want to, and I did it, it was easier the next time I didn't want to, because I already started creating that neural pathway. God designed our brains that way, that it's called a neural pathway, that um, some studies say those, you know, those little thing, um, those grooves in your brain, and stuff like that. Some people say that's the neural pathways, but the neural pathways, have you ever seen a picture of a brain under a microscope and they have all those, like, I was going to put up a picture, but I didn't, the roots and stuff like that, and they're all connected. Those are neurons or something like that, and those things that they, you have to watch a video. I'm not going to go into detail, but neural pathways, they send electricity through, and in, in those moments when you don't want to read your Bible, in those moments when you don't want to pray, in those moments when you set your alarm and it's going off to get up to do devotions, but you're like, ah, I really got 20 more minutes, I'm just going to turn it off. In those moments when you decide to get up, you're creating a neural pathway to the next time it's easier, which then creates a radiant glow that I talked about in Psalms about you, that you affect other people around you to where what their, what their broken walls used to be, now you're helping them build the broken walls. And that's what being a refreshment, refreshing to the county is all about. So in order to be, a refre- to be a refreshing, it's kind of hard to say, in order to be refreshing, you need to be refreshed. So, and, so, so get in your words. Get into the word of God. So once we have been refreshed because we have spent time with God, people should be refreshed when they encounter us. That's the next point. People should be refreshed when they encounter us. When we're digging into the word of God, when we're praying, spending time with God, and then all of a sudden, when we leave this place, or even when people, now I know it's the New Year's, and every one of us are probably a little bit tired today. I don't know about you guys, but we, we stayed up pretty late, and looks like half the congregation stayed up late, but props to you guys that, that you guys came here to church today. What's kind of cool, because it's the first day of the year, you're showing God, you know what, God, I'm putting you first. So people, so 
See, I don't know where I, why I went there. People should be refreshed when they encounter us. I'm just going to read the scripture verse. Sometimes it's just easier to read. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 13. And this is in the church now. I'm talking about in the church. And then we'll get outside of the church. But 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 13. It says, and this is Paul's writing, By all this we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. So Paul sent Titus to a church, and Titus was refreshed when he went to the church and came back. And Paul noticed that he had a glow about him because he spent time with a certain, certain people. So Romans chapter 15, verse 32, it says, so that, and this is Paul talking, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your comp company be refreshed. See, Paul knew that, there was a, that he would get refreshed when he got around these certain people because he knew that these people, their faces, they, they were in the word. They were praying. They were talking with God. They were, they, were, they were iron sharpening iron. They were constantly growing. And Paul wanted to get around people like that because when you get around people like that, it refreshes you. Um, so I, just real fast, I want to talk about some practical ways of re, being, refre, being uh, refreshing. And I have actually quite a few, if you guys want to mark them down. There's a, uh, let's see here. There's four, but the one has like eight points in it. So practical ways of being a refreshment in the church or outside the church is giving. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, it says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Think about that. When I give, whatever it is, money, um, clothing, whatever, I'm refreshing that person, but the scripture also says I'm also getting refreshed. How cool is that? It, it's, uh, what's that? Killing two birds with one stone when you give. You get refreshed and they get refreshed when you give. I don't know about you, but I love it when all of a sudden someone gives me a Pentecostal handshake. All of a sudden in that moment, I'm excited. I'm refreshed. And I know that person's refreshed because all of a sudden they're getting, if you guys don't know what a Pentecostal handshake, but someone puts money in their hand and they give you a handshake. So me and my wife loves those. Just to let you know. We just moved into a new house. We got a new house, so um, we'll take Pentecostal handshakes. The second one is prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, 18 through 20. See, man, time is flying. We've already been at this for almost 20 minutes. Ephesians chapter 6, 18 through 20. It says, In prayer in the Spirit, or and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and request. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given. Man, pray for me when I speak. <laughs> pray also for me that whenever I speak, it's because the pulpit's so It's Pastor Brenda's fault. Pastor Brenda's a little bit shorter, so I gotta. I, sorry, Pastor Brenda. There goes I, 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 I said she was my favorite preacher, so I can, I can do that now. I'll bend her down. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the, mis the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly 
as I should. See, Paul is asking for prayer because when someone prays for him, he knows that it gives him boldness, it gives him courage, and he's able to uh, speak the word more uh, effectively. See, and that's what happens when we pray for people. We, we, we get filled, we get bolder, we get more encouraged. We don't realize it, but it, I love when uh, we go back into, just before service, we always go back and pray. And even as the worship team, we get here early to pray. And I love it because in those moments, we're getting refreshed. We're getting ready. So prayer is, is a practical way of re, being refreshing to others. Showing mercy. Second Corinthians, or Second Timothy 1, verse 16. It says, May the Lord show mercy to the household of, of course they give a big word, Onsiphorus. Sounds like a dinosaur. Onsiphorus. The Onsiphorus. May the Lord show mercy, mercy to the household of Onsiphorus because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my change. See, we refresh, people get refreshed when, when they come to you and they start puking, if you will. They, all of a sudden they start telling you all their junk and stuff like that. And see, a lot of times the world will judge people of their mistakes they have. But as Jesus is supposed to be our example, what Jesus did is he just laid it on the cross and forgave them. He helped them through it, washed away their sins, and they were made clean. And that's how, that's how we are supposed to be, is um, for, forgiving of that person. We're, we're not supposed to hold judgment over that person, but show mercy to that person. And I don't know about you, but there's been times when I, I thank God that Josie has shown mercy. I mean, when I forget to do stuff all the time, you know what I mean? Us guys are super forgetful, and it seems like Josie never forgets things. Occasionally she might forget. But I'm, I'm, it refreshes me when, or, or my dogs, I'll use my dogs, because we have a blue-nosed pit bull, and we also have a pit lab. Our blue-nosed pit bull, and Pastor Neil knows this, when she does something wrong, she's like shaking in real pit bulls. It's supposed to be this vicious dog. Pff, yeah, right. She's shaking around the corner because she knows she did something wrong. And as soon as, soon as she, and usually it's before I have seen the thing that she has done was wrong, I, you know, I'm saying, hey, Bella, come here. And I give her a treat. And, you know, as soon as she hears that, that I'm merciful to her, all of a sudden she perks up and she's back to her normal self until I've seen what she's done wrong. She gets that spanking. But that's how, that's how, it, that's how people are, though, when we show mercy to people. That all of a sudden they get refreshed in that. So show, uh, showing mercy, showing love. Uh, Philemon, or however you want to say it. Chapter 1, verse 7 says, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because, because you. Brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. When you show love to people, you are refreshing them. An encourager. And this is the one that has eight in here. There's eight different ways. There was a lot more, but I only, I'm only giving you guys eight. You're going to have to study this up for use of Google. En encouragement in the Bible. You'll get a whole list of things. But uh, the first one is when we, we can encourage one another through the giving of gifts. What's kind of cool, have you guys ever read the five uh, love language books? Who's read it? The five languages, the five love languages. Awesome book. As I go through this, you'll notice that the, being an encourager hits every single one of those love languages, which is awesome. But we can encourage one another through the giving of gifts. Ezra Chapter 1, verse 6. It says, All those 
about them, encourage them with articles of silver, with gold, with goods, with cattle, and with valuables, aside from all that was given as a freewill offering. So, like I said before, Pentecostal handshakes, that's encourage gold, right? Or anything. It brings encouragement. Another way to encourage is uh, through words of words that are kindly spoken. It's in Isaiah chapter 47 or 41 verse 7. This is for you guys. Is this my love language? Is words of affirmation, kindly spoken words. So the craftsman encourages the smelt, smelter and he who smooths metal with the hammer encourages him with who beats the envil says of the solder so many weird words. It is good. And he fastens it with nails so that it will not be... Oh, I lost. Caught her. That one was in King James, just to let you guys know. <laughs> that one was in King James. But what, what, what happened in that scripture verse is it was a blacksmith, and blacksmith said that what you did there was good, and it was encouragement to him. So that sums up that verse. A simple compliment, if you think about it, goes a long way. Like, it, you wouldn't believe how hard it is. I'm going to use Josie as an example, and I didn't ask her for permission, so forgive me in advance. <laughs> but for Josie, she is uh, she's a little bit, because she's more softer spoken, and she's, so it was hard for her to learn the concept and how to, she's great at it now, but to how to give um, words of affirmation to, towards me. Not that she gave me bad affirmation, but it was hard for her to say what I did was, you know, great job, babe, or great job, I thank you for shoveling the driveway, or thank you for sweeping the floors. And it, it, it's, it's unbelievable how hard you think it really is. Like, if you've noticed, like, when someone does something nice, like today, Aaron, he, um, I was fixing, because some of these lights are bad right now, I had to fix them, and I pulled over a few chairs and did it. I should have got the ladder, but I was being lazy. Took a couple chairs, a little step stool, and got up there, and Aaron came over and helped me, and I got down and I put, for some reason, it's like our natural instinct. I was fighting saying, thank you, Aaron. I don't know why. I did. I said thank you. But it's our, like our natural instinct not to want to thank someone, but it goes a long way, it, and it refreshes that person. And I have found when, or Josie has found when she uses more words of affirmation towards me, I do more. People, not that you, it's not that you're trying to be a, um, a deceiver in that way, but it's it just how it is. It enables people to do more when you compliment people. Another way uh, to encourage is through um, faithfulness. Acts chapter 11, verse 27. I'm not going to read it for sake of time. I'm just going to fly through these encouraging ways. Another way to encourage people is through writing words. Acts chapter 15, verse 31. Another way to encourage people is through preaching the word. Um, Acts chapter 15, verse 32. Uh, another way to encourage people is through faith and faithfulness. Romans chapter 1, verse 12. Um... Another way I put down, I, this is a good one to make note of, is uh, testimonies. Uh, 
because I don't know about you, but it encourages me sometimes, when, especially when you're going through something and someone gives a testimony and you, know, and you think, man, if that person went through it and they got through it with God's help, then I can too. So testimonies. Um, we can encourage by uh, regularly being in the scripture, Romans 15 verse 4. We can encourage others by, who labor with us for the sake of the gospel. Colossians 4.11. And that one's one of my favorites. I know it, for me, it encourages me like for you, uh, Thursday nights is when my team comes together and helps me out on a Thursday night. Because we have a lot of teenagers. And I don't know if you guys know this, but on a regular basis, we run about 40 to 50 teenagers. Uh, I'd say about 40. So, but... And it takes a team. If I, if I was doing that all by myself, man, that would wear me out. But because I have a team that comes together, that my wife's back there cooking food for them. We have our first impressions group that greets people as they come in. We have people that we, we do tithes and offerings on Thursday nights. We do crazy games. And if I had to pull all that together and the media and also preach and do lead worship, I wouldn't be able to do it. And it encourages me, and it's actually refreshing to me when I have a team that we stand together. And I know Pastor Brenda is always saying that she's encouraged by the team and by you guys of always being there helping. And like our church is one of the, I think, uh, uh, pa or Brian, Pastor Brenda's husband, was saying how he loves how the, the guys of the church, that you don't really have to ask them to put it, like when we do banquets and stuff. Most places, you, you got to pull, twist the arm to get guys to move tables and stuff. But our church, the guys just pull together and we just do it. So it's, it's, it's encouraging to people when you have unity like that, when you have people that are, have the common goal that are working together. Um, all right, a couple more. Here's even more practical ways, and here's the one I struggle with, is smile. Yep, smiling. Just kind of look at your neighbor and be a little awkward for a second. Give them a stare in their face and just smile for like 10 seconds. We'll just do this for 10 seconds. Don't look away. I see you guys are struggling. Just smile. Just look at them in the face and smile. See, you guys, you guys, are, you guys all look happy now. Some of you guys are like, gosh, why do I have to smile? I don't want to smile. Hug someone is a practical way of encouraging gifts, quality time or co quality conversation with people. I know Sally Jo, since she's standing up, her favorite, her, her, her favorite thing is having quality conversation with people. And she, and she gets, I'm sure she's encouraged and she encourages other people when she's just quality conversation, acts of service, just willing to do little things for people. It just, it's being refreshing. It's, if I can recommend two books to read, and it's, and it's because it helps you be better. So it's cool as, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit. But also, as Pastor Dave always says, there, there's three legs to every stool. And same with life. And there's the practical, the spiritual, and the attitudinal. And the, so we, you know, we have the Holy Spirit to help us to be refreshing, refreshing to others. But there's also the practical end of things where we have to, we have to do something. We have to constantly grow. They say at, at the age of 20, we naturally stop growing. And so it takes us work to keep growing. Think about that. So, like, from zero to 20, it was natural. Natural to get up and walk. It was natural just to develop certain things, right? But all of a sudden, you hit 20, it takes, like, a lot of work, as they say, to actually start learning things. And so if I can recommend two books to help 
I know I'm loving them, and I've read like the five love languages multiple times. Because when you learn what someone's love language is, it's so much easier to be an encourager to refresh that person when you can speak right to them um, personally and intimately. And then also personality plus, when you learn someone's personality type, it's just much easier when just being able to communicate with people. So I'd write, I would write those two books down, Five Love Languages and personal, Personality Plus are two awesome books. Because you're either ripening or you're rotting. Think about that. You're either ripening or you're rotting. If you're not doing anything, you're rotting. So you're either going to keep growing or you're rotting. So my, my last point, and I'm, I'm just going to, give you two scripture verses on this last point for the sake of time and also because of um, Pastor Brenda will hit this next week even more, is we need to bring the refreshing waters here to others. Acts chapter 3 verse 19, it says, repent then and, turn, and then turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 25, it says the generous will prosper those who refresh others with, them, with themselves being refreshed. So when, when, we, when we are seeking and closing, so if I can actually have the worship teams, you guys can come back up here. So what is your part in prophecy? So remember, you're thinking about that question constantly. What is my part in prophecy? How can you bring the refreshing waters that flow from these altars to the community to, to influence the people that God has placed you in front of. What, what is, how can you be a refreshing to the area you live in? And first, is, like I said, it starts with getting in front of God, getting in your devotions so that you can have that radiant glow about you. So, um, and we're, we're going to close with communion today. So if I can have the ushers start passing out communion.